Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonna Marie, and the Hermione to my Harry Potter, my mom, Maria. Expelliarmus. You <laughs> <laughs> know, you should have said it's Leviosa. So. Not, Not Leviosa. <laughs> Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. In today's episode, we will be chatting about The Mystery of Chopper Base, written by Stephen Melching and directed by Bosco Ng. In The Mystery of Chopper Base, the rebels finally locate a potential site for a secret base on the planet Atalon, but find their new home is not as isolated as originally believed. So everyone was calling out filler again. It's not! Because, it, because it, it sets the stage for it, the last two episodes. It's their base. It's what they've been looking for. You know, when you move, things always go missing. Things always go wrong. And you never can find something the right way. Or you find that the new home has something you don't like. That you missed when you were inspecting it. So, you know, the same concept here is this is their new home. So would you rather deal with asbestos or spiders? <laughs> Uh, leave me spiders. Asbestos is going to get me mesothelioma. I don't want that. Okay, that's true. That's true. So in part one, the ghost is making runs to the newly established base while Kanan and Ezra work hard at lightsaber training. Hera and Sabine look on as Kanan instructs his Padawan. Ezra thinks he has his master beat until Kanan points out that he has already defeated him. The crew land at the base and Rex briefs them that sensor markers will be placed around the perimeter of the base to alert them if anyone comes unannounced. Lieutenant Dicer is setting up one of the markers when a Krikna spider attacks. When Dicer doesn't report back, Sabine and Rex take the Phantom to investigate. Meanwhile, Zeb and Ezra share a calm and serene moment as they watch Atalon's sunset. Back at Dicer's last known location, Sabine and Rex are surrounded by Krikna spiders. Sabine is knocked out and Rex is grabbed by the creature's spindly legs and taken away. So we start off with... A fun training session. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It, and it's all fun because um, I'm being sarcastic because it's yeah, not. Because <laughs> yeah. um, everyone's Kanan on the edge. was a bit rough. Like, don't give your back to the enemy. <laughs> and Ezra is like, yeah, but you're not my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Every, everyone's super on the edge. Like, everyone's nervous. Yeah. Kanan is afraid of facing What's gonna this. What's going to happen? He also wants his Padawan to be on top of things, and he's nervous about that. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening and a lot at of pieces being moved at the same time. And it's it's daunting. Yeah. And then Hera is not her usual self. Oh, no. Because she knows she's, she has this impending doom floating in the air. So she's not herself. It's like when you move to a new home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of emotions. Yeah. And there's a lot of things happening. Yeah. And I love that their lightsabers have, like, a training mode. Yeah. So that, you know, you don't chop off That's someone's arm. <laughs> yeah. Because that would suck. But, yeah, they had the training mode, and it, it had, like, a different blue, a shade of blue, and a different sound to it, too. And I thought it was pretty neat. And I like the fact that Sabine was watching them, because she has a habit of doing that, actually. There was the episode Empire Day. Yes. Where she was staring at them while he was teaching him how to connect with the mm -hmm. love cat. So that was pretty cool that, you know, we get to see Sabine again watching them do their thing. 
And I love that she said, you guys are getting better. <laughs> and Esther is like, wow, we were not? And he was a bit snappy in this episode. Yeah. I think rightfully so, because he's been trained to exhaustion. That's true. So he's like, what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and there was a lot of great lines shared between Ezra and Kanan. So there was that one where Ezra switches to his blaster. And he's like, you you know that's my, my move. move. And Ezra's like, I steal from the best. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was a pretty cool Aladdin line tossed yes. in there. <laughs> yeah. And actually, he looked like Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's space Aladdin to a lot of yeah. people. So. <laughs> and then Ezra, when he positioned his saber against Kanan's neck, and Kanan positioned the saber against him, do you think that was... And I'm going to bring up this word a lot this episode. Do you think that was foreshadowing in some way? No, I think that's part of the training because he thought he gained one up on Kanan. That, oh, I got you, you know, all the training I pay you. And didn't notice that he got him from be, uh, from his back. Right. And he needs to realize that, like he said, it's not just about winning. Mm-hmm. You, you have to make sure you come out of it alive. Alive, yeah, it's about surviving. That's yes. what Kanan said. It felt like Ezra was taking it as some sort of a game when he used the word yes. tie. Yes, yes. Like, uh, oh, tied again? He understands the difficulty of the whole thing because he knows. Mm-hmm. But when they're together and they're training to him, is it's a training session. It's a game. It, it has nothing to do with whatever is going to happen later. Mm-hmm. This is now. And that's typical for a kid, a, a teenager. They live in the now. They don't think about tomorrow. They don't think about whatever they do today is going to affect tomorrow. They just do whatever they wish and whatever they want and whatever they, they feel enjoying. And tomorrow is tomorrow. Right. Unfortunately, as adults, we know different. Right. We know that whatever we do or we don't do today is going to affect tomorrow. Or if you're a reluctant adult like me, yes. <laughs> yes. You still go through that. Oh, that, that, you know, I'll, that back I'll and worry forth. about it tomorrow. Yeah. But I also want to do it Good now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen that. I've experienced that indecisiveness. <laughs> and and I, sometimes I surprise myself. I'm like, wow, that was an adult thing for me to do. That's pretty impressive. It's rare. You're getting there. You're getting there. It's rare, but it happens. Late, but you're getting there. <laughs> and Ezra definitely has like a one-track mind. Yes. Because he's thinking, I have to kill Inquisitors. That's my goal right now. That's what I have to do in order because, to survive. Because to him, and again, this is the mindset of a teenager, this is the solution to the immediate problem. Because as much as there's a greater good and it's understood, that there's a greater good it is all about the now and it's all about what i can do now to make it better and right now to make it better for them and for his friends is killing the inquisitors because if you kill the inquisitors then you don't have nobody threatening your your family nobody stopping the rebellion from moving forward and growing but But, but he he, he doesn't see the fact that you know you you can make a mistake but you know do a bad step and and it's also something that could potentially kill him because because if you're that narrow-minded you're not looking at what else is around what other possibilities are or you are looking at possibilities but using them for the wrong reasons and that's something that I think it's going to factor into the next episode with a mysterious character making his presence known. (coughs) Oh, we know who it is. Do you? 
Yeah. Do you, mommy? Yeah. Who is it? What, what's the name of the red? <laughs> I'm like, do you? Do you? And you well, I know who the, 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 red, the, the red face guy yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Because you went on on, on Halloween once. You made the whole I mask. I did. I did. I, made, I painted and, it. And let me tell you, that was good. It looked yeah. very awesome. I should have continued it down my neck, though. I never did that. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Maul. Maul. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a cool uh, yeah. thing there. The demon face. The demon, yeah. And it's cool because Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter, he said that Malachor was used like a expletive in, in Star Wars The Clone Wars, specifically like hell. And they're essentially going to hell, so they're going to meet a demon-faced yeah, figure. figure. So. Yeah, figure, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. And Kanan says, you never turn your back on the enemy. And then he says, oh, okay, well, since when are you my enemy? Um, so I thought that was a cool line because you never know. Because if Ezra ends up going on a path that, that is not yeah, the right one, they he could might end as up well being... be an enemy. Oh, <laughs> I can't handle these emotions. Oh, slow down, girl. Slow down. <laughs> you don't understand. Listen to the to to the uh, uh uh what what is it called? Listen to to the no the age of experience. No no no. What is? Oh, that? I don't know. Me neither. I don't know what I'm thinking right now. Okay, and then you know they go to the base, and honestly, I think this whole place is Australia. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And you oh, have this. You have all these, you know, big spiders. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what Australians deal with every day. Oh no, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I think that is the place with most poisonous and deadliest animals. animals. Yeah, anywhere in the world, they're so. all there. They all just decided to yeah. live in Australia. <laughs> Everything from a mosquito to us, you know, a what? snake. Everything can be deadly. I think this. I think this bird is in Australia because my friend. Oh man, I can't remember the name of it. It's literally a living dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to hug it. <laughs> yeah, and he wants to kill you. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, this whole episode took place in Australia. Australia. Yes. But no animals. Oh, well, actually, animals were harmed, harmed. during the produ- <laughs> during this production. <laughs> Uh, for spiders. For spiders. But they're acting on, on instinct, instinct yeah. and they have to defend themselves. Exactly. So. And they need food. And, and since they don't allow the force to communicate with them, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then in Rebels Recon, Henry Gilroy said that this planet is basically a, a big mystery and it's an uncharted space. So I wonder how it's going to contribute, if at all, to, you know, the future. Because I thought that was pretty neat. The mystery of Chopper Base. Nice. The spiders we know, I guess, could have been that mystery. No, but I feel like there's something else about it. Yeah, it's not just that. I don't know. There's a lot of things in play. They came in. AP five told them where to go because of all the the maps and charts that he has in his memory. They get in. They find water immediately, which is in in an arid place. It's a very difficult thing to find. Then they find these spiders. So that's a block they have to overcome. So so they get something good. Then they find something bad. Now what's gonna be next? You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, the radius uh, that they're using is gonna have to expand. Band, yeah. So how are they gonna do that? Mm-hmm. How are they gonna manage it? Yeah, so they're. It makes you wonder, really. Yeah, because it's it's more than just the spiders. Yeah, I think there's something something else, else is 
And it's, pop it's funny that they use spiders again because in a book called Heir to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn, the, the story basically had Luke looking for a base and he eventually found this planet, but the planet was infested with these small spiders that could literally drill holes into your skull and eat your brains. Oh, no. <laughs> like the first half of the novel felt like a horror story i was terrified wow. and i thought oh my god this is creepy sci-fi so it was interesting that they used the spider thing again thankfully there were no brains eaten in this episode no, they, 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 i think they eat everything uh, yeah. the only thing they left of those little things were the, the, shells. the shell yeah and then you know they come off of this ship and kanan is trying to show a bit of enthusiasm <laughs> I, and he He's like, this is, is my excited face. And he just makes that green, <laughs> that stupid grin. Like, really? And it, it, honestly, it looks a lot like the emoji yeah. where, where yeah. you have like the cheesy Je- face. The, yeah, yeah. The, all the teeth chewing. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. smile, it's just teeth. <laughs> Yeah, I just I love that. And Kanan, he's he's so sweet and he tries and but, but fails yeah, but a lot he, of the time. He has no clue. No. Poor boy. No, he's so oblivious. Yes. Really. And, and and we see later, later how on, yeah. Sabine just face palms her, her her head like, "Oh my god, is he really asking?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I like the fact that we get to see AP5. You mentioned yeah. him, but it's fun that we get to see him again and that he's interacting with Chopper, even if it's just for a moment. But there's that connection there. So so we know there's a relationship yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who knows, maybe he'll end up staying as part of Commander Sato's crew. But it's, it was nice to have acknowledged he that. He was already complaining that yeah. they were late. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, you better get used to that. So... And then Rex, he says, you know, this planet's hot, dry, unpleasant. But at least there's nothing trying to eat us. Yeah, he spoke too soon. <laughs> he spoke too soon, Rex. Uh, you should know better than to say Sex stuff like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Hera and, and Kanan talking. And she says that everything's coming together. And at that point, I really wanted her to, like, bust out a cigar and say, I love it when a plan comes together. Yes. <laughs> Like the A-Team. Like the A-Team. So for the youngins out there, there was a show called the A-Team. And I loved that show growing up. Yeah. And there was a character who would always say, I love it when a plan comes together. So when Hera said those similar words, that's exactly what I what it came to mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kanan says, you know, you have everything you need here. And it's interesting that he says you instead of we. Because at this point, he's trying to phase himself out of being part of this operation because he's off going off doing something on his own and she says yeah we have everything except for you and 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 ezra that gave me emotions if she hadn't said ezra i would have been like like a heart attack i know i know (laughs) but kanan's right he he's going for the reason that you had mentioned earlier if they don't do something about this now they'll just keep coming after and they'll be putting the rebellion at danger yeah and then there was that moment between Ezra and Zeb. So you have Ezra looking for Zeb. You know, that's his bro. Mm-hmm. And he wants to share the last couple of words before they head off. 
And he finds Zeb all nice, laid out yeah, in the sun. chilling under the sun. <laughs> all listening to, to his music. music. And I love that he has such interesting tastes in music. Mu- yeah, he, he was rocking to the beat yeah, there. That was, and that was such 80s music. Yeah. I, 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 when I first saw the clip, I wrote to my friend and I said, that was so 80s. Yeah. So, so 80s. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s rock, man. <laughs> if you say so, mommy. Yes, I was there. Okay. I was born in the 80s, but that doesn't mean that I'm proud of it. <laughs> no, I was there. I, w- I grew up on, the- on those times. And I like that Zeb calls the Inquisitors the Red Blades. Like That's such a cool thing to say. <laughs> Uh, it's such awesome slang or nicknames to use. And then in that same scene, I remember noticing that there were these two little birds, these little owls. Here we go again. I'm Foreshadowing. Serious. I'm serious. You know, a lot of people like this theory about me. So well, they like the theory that they start at two and end up with one? Yes. They my, like that theory. I haven't revealed it yet. You just spoiled it for everyone. <laughs> okay, so there were two little owl thingies. And actually, I, I looked up the name. It's called the Convery. And I actually like that because Dave Filoni's wife is uh, E.N. Convery. So uh, I'm pretty sure that they used her name and they changed the spelling a bit. And they have a book coming out, The Confidence Chronicles, coming out in uh, sometime in August, I want to say, or in October. And I believe the cover has an owl. So she either is a fan of owls or they're a fan of owls together. So I thought that was pretty neat. And so that you see two of them and then they go off into the horizon. So I I feel like that is symbolic of Ezra and Kanan going off into the horizon to face whatever it is that they're going to face. And I might as well just skip to the part at the end where Ezra is... On the floor, he's looking up at the sky, and he only sees one of them circling above him. And then that's, you know, at the very end, the last thing you see is this little one owl, this little convery, sitting on its own. So what happened to its little partner? Uh, If I were Dave Filoni's wife, I would be very scared. (laughs) (laughs) Forget about foreshadowing. (laughs) I would be very like, what? (laughs) Uh, who knows? Maybe she suggested it. So yeah, I feel like this is representing. Yes, that's Kanan. her theory, people. That is my theory, not mine. <laughs> that is my theory, and I feel like it represents Kanan and Ezra. It could mean that Ezra falls off the path a bit, gets lost, or it could mean oh god, and this is the one that f- I know everyone's freaking out over Ahsoka dying. I don't want her to die either, but I also don't want Kanan to die. <laughs> And I, I desperately want Kanan to be around. I feel like he has much story to tell as well as What about Ahsoka. if instead of it foreshadowing the fact that we're going to lose somebody, it is foreshadowing the fact that this is all going to come to the one, the one person that's going to be able to bring them forth Who would in that their be? mission. What are you talking about? <laughs> to me, that's Ezra. Okay. So not necessarily a bad thing, but making it so that it's not about all of them, but it's going to end up being about one person. The decisions one person makes, the steps one person makes is going to be the decisive moment for what they're looking to bring forth in the rebellion. Maybe. So I'd rather 
just wait. Yeah, I no, don't... I'd rather wait too. I mean, I don't like to speculate too much because then I feel like if I hit it too close on the head, then I've pretty much predicted it all yeah, myself. Yeah. But uh, I was curious because I'm like, okay, owls mean wisdom, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I looked it up too. <laughs> and it said, as the spirit animal, an owl is the announcer of death. And I'm like, oh, oh well. Oh, oh, man. Oh, man. You had to go and look for I that did. Too? I did. And I saw that. I was like, oh, man. Ah. But it's also symbolic of transition and change. So... I, I, so yeah, when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, that's that's. You see, now you've ruined me. <laughs> now, 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 I'm like, oh. <laughs> but anyway, back to what we were talking about, and then you know they're they're setting these sensor markers around yes. to make sure that nobody comes in unannounced, and there are these little little creatures called dogma. The little slug thingies uh-huh. with the shells. And they're so cute. I want one. <laughs> At first, I thought they had, like, grown to be the spiders. I thought they were, like, a little miniature Pokemon mm. version of the spiders. <laughs> uh, and then the there's the pilot, Lieutenant Dicer, who's setting a marker up. And unfortunately, she meets the end of her line with this spider coming at her. And I was honestly disappointed because, I mean, uh, okay, yeah, she could die. Fine. That's That's fine. But nobody really acknowledged it when they were going to get Rex later on. So it's like they're trying to find Rex. No one utters, where's Dicer? Maybe we should try to find Dicer. And then, you know, you ha- they have no choice but to back out because of all these spiders. So it would have been great for someone to have said something because they completely forgot about well, her. I, I get that. I think that maybe I'm, I'm not here or there. I could have made it better. But I think that talking about foreshadowing Mm -hmm. (laughs) when they find the helmet yeah of her right then when they go into the cave and they find all these shells shells that look like helmets yeah they do so it was like she's gone oh that's you know and then they look forward and put the light and there's rex right still waiting for whatever it is to jump on it on him right so they go for rex and after that it's all mayhem it breaks loose right you know so so i see it that way could i could they have mentioned her yes of course but i understand why it probably missed right the mark there somewhere yeah, I mean, I could I could try to understand it, but I wish that, you know, yeah, that one that, line that, could have been uttered. Yeah, exactly. And I like the, since you mentioned the empty shells, if you think about it, the, I guess the spiders could symbolize the empire. Yeah. And then the rubble's Living being overrun. All the planets and cultures that have been decimated. Yeah, and they just keep growing and yeah. it's hard to shoot them down. Oh, yeah, I like the fact that the planet, they encountered a planet and that it wasn't perfect. Obviously, this is an ongoing issue that they're going to have. It's uh, They can't find that one sweet spot. Things are never going to be perfect. No. They're what you make of them. And this is their new home. Their new home is not perfect, but they will make the best of it. And that's why all that matters. It's like what the, the saying, a home is where the heart is. This is their heart now. This is where they're looking to make the rebellion grow. So they're going to make the best of it. That's true. You're the best around. 
So in part two, Sabine fights back against the spiders just as the ghost crew emerges to assist. The crew enters a dark cave in search of Rex. As the Jedi's lightsabers light the way, Kanan suggests he and Ezra split up. Hera disagrees and assigns him to Kanan since they have to start getting used to not having the Jedi around. The two come upon a spider and Ezra tries to connect with it with little success. Hera and the others find Rex and release him from the grips of the spider, but the creature wakes up and so do the others. They're able to successfully leave the cave and Chopper grants them access into the ghost, but they're unable to leave since the Krikna glued the ship to the ground with their webs. So the crew basically come out of nowhere to save the day. day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it gives the impression that the spiders were afraid of them coming out of nowhere. So you don't immediately connect that the spiders are affected by By the the marker. marker. So I thought it was neat. You you, you think that it's the ship that's scaring them when it's in actuality the marker in front of them. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because it could be maybe the marker sending out a frequency yeah that they're not yeah because when sabine turns it around later mm-hmm. you can hear the beeping go faster yeah 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 and uh, zeb <laughs> zeb doesn't like it. he does not He's like natural <laughs> anything with more than two legs i love that he called them multi-leggers <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not up for that. He, I bet, oh my gosh, I had like this mental image of him finding a spider or something. And screaming. Yeah, and, and screaming. And screaming and jump. <laughs> <laughs> and Ezra having to like shoo it away. <laughs> so they decide to enter the cave in search of Rex. And, but before they enter, there was that whole scene of Chopper docking into, g- getting into the Phantom and then the Phantom going into the ghost. I thought it was cool, but I also thought it was very unnecessary. I felt like there was 10 seconds in there that they could have dedicated to something else because we know Chopper has that ability I didn't really understand the focus of Chopper being into going into the Phantom then seeing the Phantom take off and then seeing the Phantom go into the ghost like we know that's the process by now so I, I felt like there was time there that an animation put an effort put in there that wasn't really needed hey, you you can think of it from the artistic point you know, you have people drafting and doing all these magnificent warships and you want to show all they can do. You That's know? true. But we've seen it before. Yeah, That's the thing. Yeah, but, you know, show off here and there. I guess. I, I feel like yeah. that, those 10 seconds could have been like, there's the Dicer. 10 seconds used for, <laughs> for Dicer. Dicer. Oh, there's Dicer. <laughs> and she's not, not alive. Bad. Okay. <laughs> Finally, they enter the cave and Ez- and Zeb is trying to turn on his flashlight. Right, right, I mean, yeah. yeah. And then Ezra turns it on his lightsaber. Can he? He pushes him like show off. Yeah. You know, showing you that you have a big lightsaber. <laughs> And then they decide to split up, which in a scary movie you shouldn't do. And they do it anyway. And then Hera's the one to say, no, you take Ezra, I'll take Sabine and Zeb. And Zeb's like, why can't we have a Jedi on our team? team. (laughs) And Hera has good reasoning. You know, you have to get used to not having them around because they have a knack of saving you in a tight situation and when Kanan and Ezra are gone they're not gonna have that so I thought it was a good thinking on Hera's part and I like that fact that Sabine was very observant of that she saw both times she saw Hera with her wary expression in the beginning of the episode and she also noticed it at this point where Hera starts walking and there's that moment where the camera focus oh the camera focuses on Sabine the whole thing about I'll take care of it we need to 
get used to, right. you know, all, all that thing of isolating themselves out from the Jedi's right. in the group. Because yeah. they're going to be out going on their thing and we have to do our thing. thing. Mm-hmm. And then they come upon the spider and Ezra is like, and I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, this is great. Why didn't I think of this before? Ezra should connect with it and then maybe they're able to calm the spiders down. And that's not what happens. No, the spider reacts very badly. Yeah, and I like the fact that in Rebels Recon, they go into a little bit more and they say that not everything can be tamed by the force not everything can be tapped into it by the force so that's the reason why i I like your analogy about the spiders representing the empire yeah oh that's true that's true and i like my friend's theory where they said that they thought at first it was because they weren't mammals and they were like arachnid creatures Mm -hmm. so or that they have like spiders are kind of like hive they work in hive hive mentality So that he couldn't really tap into it. At first, I thought it was because Ezra was experiencing some block, like personally, with all the all the stress that he's experiencing. I thought that was it. But it's actually just a creature itself. And I'm going to pull up a, a fan question because I feel like it's relevant right now. Kayla, she asked, uh, wa- she wanted to know more whether the spiders are pure evil. And they're not evil. They're, they're not evil. No. They're, they're just basic. Yeah, they're inherently so, dangerous. Like and- what pelt. So far, and also you can think of it this way. So far, creatures that we've seen Ezra communicate with are high mentality creatures, are creatures that we know have a brain capability greater than anything else. The space whales, knowing uh, space travel. that space travel, exactly. So, so you have that the higher the intelligence in the animal, the easier for the, the, the force to communicate with. Right. Now, the spiders are very basic. They're only thinking about surviving. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're evil. It's that they're very simple-minded and one-track-minded. So it's more difficult for you to communicate you have to think about the fact that when you're communicating with the force, there has to be a high level of intelligence because the ability you have to engage your brainwave to the brainwaves of another creature, there has to be communication between the both of them. These spiders definitely don't communicate in that manner. No. So they cannot accept communication in that manner. Mm-hmm. And anything that comes to them that they don't understand, they immediately reject. Right, right. Which is what happens when Ezra tries to engage. They go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and they try to attack, scare them yeah. and attack and disengage mm-hmm. from it because they don't understand it. Right, right. And So and that doesn't mean you're evil, it's just... Yeah. You don't understand it. Exactly. So that was a great question from Kayla. Yeah, and Kayla. So yeah, they're they're not evil. Even though they they look evil, yeah, they're, they're not. not. They're just like what Rebels Recon said, they're creatures just surviving. Yeah. And they're creatures of their nature and they're inherently just dangerous. We, we have our own nature. In our own nature, we, we have plenty of different animals and different species none of them are evil they just survive and defend themselves you know it is like this is their surviving mechanism and this is how they 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 behave and this is what they are it's not that they're evil and they intend to kill and they like killing it's that it is their way it It is their method Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of surviving of of and that's that's what all species look for is to survive and and protect the species right mhm 
And once they're escaping, Hera and the others, they find Rex. Poor Dicer is nowhere to be found. <laughs> Michael Dett on Twitter, he tweeted saying that it reminded him of the episode in Star Wars The Clone Wars when the Genosians, they were very like zombie-like because of a brainworm creature. And there was a scene where they were in a cave-like structure and they were backing away while shooting and, and whatnot. And then when he said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. That, that's exactly like it. So that was a cool callback to Star Wars The Clone Wars. And then there was that one moment where I thought, Sabine, what are you doing? Because she throws a detonator and a poor spider on. I was just looking at it. But I thought that was a... That was a risky move because, because you're in a cave. You're in a cave, so it can, you can cause a collapse. And yeah, and then and then you're screwed. <laughs> so I thought that was a risky move on her part, and I like the fact that Sabine gives Rex her blaster so that he can participate and shoot. So I don't know what happened to his his blasters, but it was neat that he got to use Sabine's. And then they go out. They find you know they get to the ghost and Chopper is a bit delayed in because he's hiding. <laughs> and I love that Chopper. <laughs> He's hiding. And I love that he's he's such a you you know, you expect him to be such a brave droid but all he's up not. in your face. <laughs> no. But no, he knows he knows when to be scared. Yes. <laughs> and he's definitely scared. And even later on when Rex is getting it out of the airlock, he's like hiding beneath the wall. <laughs> You know, you, you, you're you tougher than those little shells that survived the spider. <laughs> and You don't have the oogie, oogie, gooey stuff that they eat. No, that's true. You, they, you do not. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hera, she says that she's not giving up without a fight when it comes to leaving the planet and abandoning their base. She's very adamant that this is where they have to be because that's the only thing that they have. That they, they have spent too much effort and resources finding this place right to just let it go no way and honestly uh-uh. if she had a way to incinerate all of them she I would think she would <laughs> she yes, would she would eradicate them just so that they can keep that planet yep <laughs> and that's kind of scary to yeah think it about. is it is because that puts her at the if you at the level. level yeah exactly because if you think about it that's what the empire is trying to do eradicate everything that is in their way exactly <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, that that was a bit scary. <laughs> it was. And I like the fact that the web is holding the ship down. No. That that shows how strong. And, I, and I've seen those little science documentaries of spider web and how strong spider web can be. And sometimes you don't think something that small, that thin can be that strong. It, it, it's a matter of numbers. Yeah. So, so in front of you, based on your size, that is a very weak structure. But if you think about that structure and what is it that structure is there to catch and to stop, that is hard stuff because it, it, it otherwise it would not be able to trap. Spiders wouldn't be able to trap other insects no. and, and, and grab them in the way they do. It has to be a hard structure. Yeah. So at their level, if we were to get all miniaturized to that level, that will be hard stuff to, the, oh, yeah. to cut. Oh, my gosh. 
and so so that that whole webbing of the thing being that they were the size that they were it makes sense that it was that hard yeah that it, it will stop the, the ghost. ghost from lifting yeah and that's was I, awesome I thought that was pretty impressive and as some I guess some people really didn't can't grasp it but when you really think about it that's some heavy duty stuff yeah <laughs> In part three, the rebels are overrun. They use the ghost's blasters to take them out, but it's not working. Sabine figures out that the sensor markers repel the spiders. The Krikna break through the ship's doors, but Rex keeps them away while the rest of the crew go outside with blasters in hand. Kanan and Ezra force push Sabine, but she flies past her destination. She resurfaces and manages to grab onto the marker. It gives her safe passage back to the ghost where Ezra and Kanan work to cut the ghost free. The crew escape and Hera insists that they keep the planet as a base. When they return, the remaining markers are placed around as a perimeter and Sabine imparts some wisdom on Kanan about Hera's feelings. Hera wishes they were facing the problems together. Kanan hugs her and promises that they will see each other again. Ezra makes one last attempt to connect with the Krikna and fails. Ahsoka appears and informs him that when he thinks he understands the Force, he'll find out how little he actually knows the three jedi depart with danger looming on the horizon (laughs) so back with the spiders they finally figure what is it that makes them go away (laughs) right right but i like the when the whole the whole thing of them crawling over the ghost it kind of reminded me of the episode with sabine and Hera out of darkness with the fear knock yeah a gum coming after After them and being all over the place so that was a nice throwback. But yeah, Sabine is the one to figure out that the sensor marker is the thing that can help repel the spiders. And again, she's a very observant individual. And I like that she's a strategist in that way. And later on, we'll see that she uses that as a way to build a perimeter fence. And of course, she's also observant of Hera's feelings, which is important for you know, emotions later on. And, <laughs> and uh, Ezra, he uh, refers to himself as the last Jedi in the galaxy, galaxy when he's scolding Zeb. And I'm like, and of course, Ezra would feel like he's the last Ezra, Jedi of the yeah. galaxy. He's, he, I feel like he thinks too highly of himself. And I love Ezra to death. I have an Ezra Bridger Focus collection. So it's like, at the same time, I felt like he was very bratty in this episode. Yes. And other people had noticed it as well. And I'm like, I completely agree with you. He was completely bratty in this episode. I wanted to smack him upside the head and tell him, check yourself. Check yourself, sir. Well, that's how I felt sometimes with you, too. <laughs> Smacking you some sense upside the head. For, and I was you know, so... it's like, it, it, it is what it is. It's a teenager. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny because you mentioned sense, which reminded me of the common sense. Yeah. Comment from Kanan. I wish I would have taught Talk you some, some common, common sense. sense. He's yes. like, I had common sense before you gave it to... And then Rex is the one to deal with the spider that's coming in through the airlock. And he gets very physical with he that He really spider. does. He actually, like, went up at I, it. In your face, here I am, and pushing. And, and when he couldn't push, he went back and did a, a jump and hit it with the two legs. And you're, Whoa, that's, that's ninja stuff right. right there. And I thought, not even Zeb got that physical no. oh no Seb was no, running no, the no. other way <laughs> but yeah he was he was the only one to get down and dirty with the spider yeah. Yeah. 
and in my notes I wrote mm mm <laughs> because that was so sexy of Rex but then you could tell at the end when they closed the door he just like slid down, down and I can tell he was tired and yeah. rightfully so oh and then Ezra's the one to come up with a plan he's the the one who's been thinking of like a way out of the situation and of course it involves tossing Sabine to the marker because that's the only way they could get to it and they overshoot I, I love, Sabine. I love her comment. It's this time when I wish I had a jetpack. Jet pack. <laughs> yes, jetpacks. <laughs> I know, and it's weird because in I guess it's just a miscommunication or lack of communication is in the Sabine My Rebel sketchbook. She has a jetpack in that journal of hers, so it's interesting that it didn't translate into the animated show because that would have been cool for her to have had her. Maybe own she pack. she will get it. Maybe later down, I'm hoping. down the line. Yeah, you know? definitely for season three. Oh my god. Oh, that would be amazing. Maybe after this tossing, she said, no, nobody's tossing me again. <laughs> no. I better get me that jetpack. Yep. <laughs> and it's funny to to see Kanan and Ezra's reactions like, no. And then they and see then, her like, and they're ooh. so relieved. <laughs> uh, they go both at the same time. <laughs> And then Sabine, you know, she picks up the marker and starts making her way back. Uh, but do you think first, do you think that the fact that they overshot her, do you think that's just uh, that's them being out of sync with each other? No, I think that's them developing their skills more than they're aware of. They don't know how strong they are. Yeah, they don't know how strong they are together. And in that moment, it, it, to me, it looks more of a moment where their strengths goes beyond because they don't know how strong they can be together. Mm -hmm. They they know they're strong. They know together they, they work, but they haven't realized, mastered, mastered it. it. Not that they're not in sync, but they haven't synced their ability to a gradual level. Right, or you know? harness it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's how I see it. I didn't even think of it that way. Because their reaction was similar, both when they always shot her and the when same they when her. they saw her back. Mm -hmm. So they reacted practically the same. Right. So to me, it's, it's a matter of them still not working through how strong they are and leveling that. Right. No, that makes sense. And once they're able to get that marker, they're able to cut the webs. And I like the effect, the sizzling, the sizzling effect. Yeah, the burning, like yeah. disappearing. That was cool. Yeah. And they, you know, they end up heading off back to the base. And again, Hera's like, we are we're going to keep this place and I'm going to handle it. Because I think at this point, Kanan was implying that we will handle it together. And she said, no, I am. So she's at this point where, you know, she's just like how Kanan was separating himself earlier. She's actually, she's separating herself And again, now. Sabine yes. reacts to that. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, mom and dad are not happy. They're fighting. Yeah, exactly. And then that's when it transitions over to Kanan complimenting her on her fence idea. You know how everyone's always talking, oh, man this character might die this character might die but honestly I see Sabine going all the no way, way. Yep. because I feel like she's gonna be that one the, she's gonna be the that rebel leader that everyone's gonna look to 
in years from now. So yeah, it, just because of all the little things that she contributes to. So yeah, that fence was one of them. And Kanan, he's such a guy. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's such a guy. Yeah. Like, how do you not know this, Kanan? You've known this woman for what, eight, nine years now? And you don't know that she's pissed. Yeah, and that she's sad. And that, that, that she wants to grab you by the neck and say, you. don't go anywhere. <laughs> you stay with me. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's just, uh, he's such a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I love Sabine's face palm. I know like, we mentioned like, it earlier, but man, that face like, palm was epic. Really? Are you that dense man? <laughs> Seriously. And he tells her that they're going to be okay. And she's like, you know, I, I know you well enough to know that that's a lie. Because they don't know. He doesn't know what's going to happen. And then this is when Hera says, you know, whatever you're facing, I wanted us to face it together. together. You know, from the very beginning, they've established this relationship in the novel New Dawn. And you've seen them grow and you've seen them work with each other and work off each other. So it's, it's sad to see them part ways after so many years of being together. So, you know, that hug really got to me. And honestly... That was so beautiful. I, I, and I know people are going to give me flack for it, but I honestly got more more emotion and feeling out of that hug than I did of the Leia and Han hug in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Because <laughs> everyone's been comparing it. Everyone's comparing Leia and Han to Kanan and, and, and Hera. I'm like, I guess you can pull out that similarity, but I got more out of this hug because than I Because you hug. have more emotional investment in these yeah, yeah. two characters. I do. I do have more emotional investment with these but, two But it, it, it is the same type of emotional embrace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. You know, yeah, yeah. But yeah. depending on who you're invested in, you you will see one better than the other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they weren't better. I just, I got, I, mean, like, I connected you, you more, connected to, more yeah, yeah, yeah. to it. Because they're both, they're both very beautiful scenes. Yeah. Especially given what happens in Star Wars The Force Awakens, you look back on it and wow, that's sad. So at the same time, you're like, oh gosh, it's Kanan going to die. <laughs> Is this their last hug? <laughs> that was more of a foreshadow for me than anything else. Yeah, that, that really got to me. that lines up with what I've seen already happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scared for Kanan. I know nothing too crazy is going to happen to Ezra. Something is going to happen to him. It's not going to be death, at least not yet. But Kanan, being the mentor figure, being the person that Ezra looks up to, and he just got knighted, so you feel like he's gotten to the point where he's reached... He doesn't know how to hold himself like in the that dream state, so he cannot go yet. The dream state? Yeah, you know, that stage where after you die, you, you can still come. Oh, that, the ghost. That, yeah, that, the force yeah, ghost. ghost yes. oh, okay, okay, okay. He, he's not there yet, so he cannot die. No, he's not there yet. And unfortunately, not a lot of people know that skill. It's something that Obi-Wan and Yoda mastered. Uh, something that Anakin somehow mastered because he's the chosen one or whatever. But not a lot of people, not a lot of Jedi master that skill, unfortunately. And I know some people were like, maybe Ahsoka can come back as a Force ghost. I'm like, Ahsoka, she's not as connected to the Force as she, she once was. was. And she hasn't had the training like Yoda to preserve her identity after death. So the chances of Ahsoka coming back as a Force ghost are very, very slim. Slim to none. <laughs> 
Oh, we just have to wait and see. But but I, I but yeah, that hug was beautiful. It was a classic Star Wars hug, I think. Yeah. With the background of the beautiful beautiful sunset. sunset. No, it was sunrise because it was night. It was a sunset for Zeb and Ezra. Ezra. It went became night when they went to the cave, and now it's morning. Oh, okay, so, so it was a sunrise. sunrise. Oh God, that, that hurts me anymore because their book was called A New Dawn. Okay. <laughs> Mom, no, come stop, on. Stop, stop making, stop, A new dawn. A new dawn, mommy. Okay. <laughs> oh, and then I, I saw this similarity where they were hugging and, and facing each other and the background was a sun in the cover of the novel. It was a moon and then they were back to back, you know, like facing off their enemies. So I thought that was neat. But, oh, man, I didn't even think about that, ma. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't bring it up. Ah, got more feels now. Then there's Ezra trying to communicate one last time with the Krikna, and it's not working out. And I like what Taylor Gray says in Rebels Recon, where it's like he has success after success after success, and now he hits this roadblock, this failure where he can't connect. And it's a, it hurts his ego. It messes but I don't think he, 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 it takes him so bad because he just lays back and put his hand behind and says, okay, so let it be. Yeah, know? that's true. It, it didn't really, it didn't seem to affect him too much. If it were to happen again, I, then I could see it yeah. affecting him. And then Ahsoka appears and the way she appears, this is my little owl theory again. <laughs> And the way she appears, she's looking at him, and the owl is overhead. So the owl may not necessarily represent Ezra or Kanan, but it could represent Ahsoka. So Ahsoka, the, the single... The one that stood, uh, stood alone, I guess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. And then she tells them, in my experience, just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. That was a very nice phrase. Yeah, yeah, very wise, nice. wise thing to say. And then people are like, oh my God, that's, like, that's going to be the last wise thing she'll say. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, why would you think it that way? <laughs> oh gosh. And there was that creepy music that was happening at the end. And then that's it. It ends. And you're like, oh, oh man. man. What's going to happen? I have no idea. And I feel like everyone's been predicting like what's going to happen. And honestly, I think they're going to give us something completely yeah, different. Because <laughs> like that whole Jedi... The show needs to go on. You it know? does. It does. <laughs> if they give it to us all now... What is going to be left? Exactly. So fan questions. We have Bryce who asks, do you think Hera stays at the base or goes out on her own adventure to keep her mind off Kanan and Ezra? I think she stays in terms of keeping the base and keeping the base. Right. But I think she will still go out there and do her thing because they need supplies. They, they do. need yeah. uh, fuel. So this will be her little adventures, her little missions. Missions, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely see her continuing 
her duties because this is what she has to do. But I can also see it as her using it as a distraction of what's happening in the back of her mind, which yeah. is Kanan, her, the love of her life. <laughs> the love her of her space husband. Her space husband, her moonbeam. off you know doing his own thing and then Melissa asks in the end of this week's episode Ahsoka shows up and briefly talks with Ezra to me she seemed kind of ominous and not in character as if that wasn't really her did you guys think it was her or it might have been somewhat of a dark side vision I think that is her but full of worry and trepidation because of what they're embarking themselves to do and you know that they're going to hell basically essentially yeah so so that's not an easy thing because they don't know what's going to happen so i think that is more of her her soul weighing all that yeah yeah yeah. and it makes you come off differently to other people she has all that pressure on her shoulders you know and and of course she she is off you know we we all have those moments where we think we're okay and we're doing something either at the office or at home and either a loved one or a co-worker comes and looks at you sideways and says is everything okay because they see something that we ourselves are not realizing right and that's some problem that we have and we have it in the back of our heads and we haven't found a a solution for it but we still have to go on we still have to do our jobs we still have to do our thing Mm mm-hmm and this is what's happening with, with her. She has that worry, that feeling of, of something, but she still has to push ahead mm-hmm. and do what she's supposed to do. Right. No, I agree. And Pep on Twitter, he asks, do you think Kanan is the opposite of Anakin, as in Ying and Yang? So yeah, Pep, I, I read your post and it was pretty cool because that was a great comparison that you made where you said Anakin had everything, wanted more, lost all he had. Caleb lost all he had, wanted none, and gained everything. Anakin embraced Darth Vader, identity to terror and suppress. And Caleb embraced Kanan Jarrus, the identity to protect and care. And I think that's brilliant because a lot of people tend to paint Kanan as another Anakin and I don't know how they got that image because they're two completely different different characters. characters. And Kanan surpassed Anakin in so many ways, especially in that episode in Shroud of Darkness, where we see him get to that point where he stops fighting, where he lets go of his attachment, where he accepts that fate. And that's how he's able to become a Jedi Knight, which is what Anakin so desperately wanted and he never got. So that's a brilliant comparison and comparing him to Ying and Yang, because, I mean, I'm not all that familiar with the philosophy. I'm only familiar with what's been used in popular culture and popular media. But there's that, you know, the big dark shape and then there's a little white spot to indicate that there is some good. So, yeah, you could say that's Anakin. There's some light in dark and there's some dark Dark in light. light. And then Kanan is the big white part with the little... Dark. dark in there because his experiences exactly so yeah you could definitely say that these two characters represent that concept and that idea and and what that symbolizes so thanks so much for that question yeah that was cool <laughs> 
Sandra asked, why do you think Ezra was unable to connect with the spiders? It's basically because the spiders themselves yeah, were... Yeah, they're, they're, they're a basic in- instinct. I don't, I don't think there's enough thought yeah. in their the, uh, communication has to be a two-way street. Right. And the spider, I don't think the spider is at the level of communicating to other beings in that manner. No, no, They just not. communicate with each other for as, as a matter of survival. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's it. And I think my friend actually had pointed out that there was like a sort of blocking sound when he tried to do it and there was like a like breaks or something being put on. So that was pretty neat detail that they added. So yeah, that's basically the reason why and it'd be cool to encounter other situations where he's not able to do that or where he's not able I'm to connect. I'm pretty sure that he won't be able to connect to a lot of creatures because not all creatures have a higher level of intelligence. Or at, not, and that and they're not as easily tamed by the force. You know, yeah, they're not they're, some creatures aren't as cuddly as Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know why I have Pokemon in my mind. But but yeah, there are some creatures that aren't Gotta able. catch them all. Yes, you gotta catch them all. Except for the spiders because they won't let you. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then from the music to shared emotional moments, Rebels is setting us up for grand finale. Will one of the characters die? <sighs> You know, I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't, don't want to say either. But I will say that, and I had a conversation with my two friends in Hanging with Team Kanan where we recorded last episode. And people desperately want to see like some sort of stakes being raised and, and someone dying and showing that, you know, this isn't all happy, fun adventures or whatever. I completely see that. But at the same time, I'm like, it's such a sick thing to do where a character has to die, die in order, in order to- for somebody else to grow and not in order for someone else to grow but in order to keep an audience's attention that's yeah to me that's kind of sick <laughs> people thrive on the gritty and the and the the dark and the bloody and you know that's what they look for because that's what their sort of entertainment i whatever floats your boat but at the same time like rebels to me has always been something else and okay yeah I can definitely see a character dying for their beliefs or for a character in order for them to grow or for, or for them to be motivated to do something but at the same time just like oh man I like uh, there's so many other ways to do yeah, it other I, than I, death I think we tend to only learn by experiencing ourselves I think that we are also capable of learning by analyzing and looking and understanding the experiences of others right so I don't think that I have to suffer in order to learn if I can understand the suffering of others I can learn right you know and I still don't see it to me if they were to kill any of these characters with just the idea of catching people's attention and and keeping them then the whole ride up to here has been a waste. I know, yeah. Because it's not going to last much afterwards. Because once you get to that level, that's the only level you're going to have to be able to keep in order to keep to, your uh, eyes. Yeah. It's and sad. And you don't want to get to that. Honestly, I feel like it's a cliche. Yeah. Because someone has to die. A mentor has to die in order for this character, this hero, this heroine to go and complete their journey. 
yeah, it's been incorporated into stories and, and that's what we know. But at the same time, it's like enough already. Give something different. I, like, I mean, my, show people that that you can learn without having to, to to experience the suffering, experience the death, experience the the bad of everything. Just knowing that it's there, knowing that that it can happen, should be enough for you to grow and learn. Exactly. And I feel like I, I learned so much, and nobody had to die for me to do that. I hope Thankfully. so. I wasn't. <laughs> Ma, don't die, Ma. <laughs> not yet. Not, not yet. yet. So that's personally what we believe. Obviously, we're of not course, we're not yeah. we're not professional storytellers. So no, that's why I'm not a writer. I'm writing, but based on my own principles and based on my own standards. So good times. <laughs> and Sandra also asked on a side note: Did the spider's lair not remind you of a scene from Harry Potter? It really did. Yeah, the the, the um, chambers of secrets. secrets. Yeah. yeah. I really thought, man, that's totally Harry Potter. All we needed was a wand. Well, we had the lightsabers. We had the lightsabers, and and I guess you could say Zeb was Ron. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And this is actually not related to this episode. This is actually something that I received in my inbox. I accidentally put it aside and I forgot about it. So I'm so sorry, Chris, from Star Wars Kids Cast that I accidentally put your... I know, I know. I'm so glad he approached me and direct messaged me because I thought, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot that email. So this is about homecoming. So so we're answering your question. So this is a while ago, but... He wrote, hello, JM and mom. I was wondering about the episode The Homecoming, which was the one with Hera and Champs and Dula. Specifically, its title. Obviously, it means a return to one's home. But I also know that in America, because he's from Canada, I know that in America, there's an event called a homecoming. homecoming. I've heard it mentioned countless times in movies, TV, etc. Homecoming weekend, homecoming dance, homecoming queen. But what exactly does that mean? Who comes home and from where? <laughs> <laughs> and as far as I know, a homecoming term that way just isn't a thing here in Canada. So without the knowledge of what that connotes to Americans, uh, I'm wondering if there's a double meaning in the Rebels episode title that I'm missing out on. Is there? Thank you for having the most entertaining conversations about Rebels all around. And thank you so much, Chris, for sending in this question. And I'm so sorry we're answering it. Don't worry. I- I'm going to punish this one. <laughs> She's not going to do that again. <laughs> so so homecoming is essentially when uh, when you've graduated from an institution and you end up coming back to that institution, you're coming home, essentially. You're coming back to that institution. So that's why at the very beginning of the year, when I was at Cornell University, they would have a homecoming at the football field. And then that's where all the freshmen would line up and all the alumni would line up. So essentially the students, new students being introduced to the tradition mm-hmm. of alumni being welcomed back to the campus. So that's homecoming. It has the same connotation that uh, Chris has mentioned before. Yeah. It's a welcome back home, home yeah, kind yeah. of thing. It's just a different type of home. We we tend to think home as our, uh, our little roof and four um, walls and here's our family. College is sort of like a family. You, you, you are there for four or five years with different peoples and, and growing and learning. So that's your home. So... The concept basically is the same for those alumni that 
left now the nest and are coming back to visit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And in terms of it, you know, well, the one I don't get though is homecoming queen. Because what's why would you have a queen of homecoming? <laughs> why would you 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 make one person more important than the rest? I, I I honestly don't know. But yeah, homecoming queen, homecoming king, homecoming court. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. High school, what's that about? <laughs> So thank you, everyone, for your questions. We really appreciated them, and we always love answering them. So you're not missing anything, Chris. It is what it is. It is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is a homecoming. (laughs) It is a coming back. Yes, coming back home. So that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat, when we'll discuss the episode Twilight of the Apprentice. Oh, oh man! Yeah, so Twilight. I don't. I, I mean, come on. Oh God! <laughs> let, let us not think okay, about it. Okay. In the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes. Visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat on Twitter. And may the force be with you always. Mm-hmm.